is you're good, Fred. All right, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I want to be the first one to talk into it. You are. Well, don't worry, everybody knows. All right, so um, so we had a day of prayer today up here, and, and it's something that we want to do a lot more of. Uh, we firmly, firmly, firmly are a church that believes in prayer. Um, that God hears our prayers, and not only does he hear our prayers, but he answers our prayers. So uh, I've asked Jody, uh, one of our parishioners, lovely young man, to uh, come on up and, and give a word about, give a little bit of a testimony about a prayer or something that happened this week. You said you had something. You're not going to be able to walk around the world with that thing. It's going to shoot you on a short leash. Testing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How you doing? My name is Jody. Hi, Jody. Hi, Jody. I have a little testimony about uh, the power of prayer. I believe strongly in it. And today, uh, uh, a man named Dave, uh, he comes from Madison, comes up here every him and a, a woman come up from uh, Gainesville, and uh, her name was Jean, and they wanted to pray over me, and I was uh, okay with that. Again, I believe in the power of prayer, but they, they, uh, they, they prayed for, I have some health issues, some breathing issues, I have some serious leg issues, uh, uh, limits my uh, mobility, and actually uh, been, been dragging me down, taking me away from going to my life groups, going to uh, church services. I had to step back from that because of uh, uh, bad breathing, uh, unable to uh, uh, motivate my legs to, to carry me throughout my day. So anyways, I brought this to uh, Dave and Jean's attention and they, uh, they anointed me with oil in the name of Jesus, Jesus himself, and, uh, and prayed over me. recovery group. It's a group that uh, Torn Church has upstairs for any issue you have, whether it be uh, addiction to drugs or addiction to sex uh, or just because you don't feel right. It's a, it's a good place to come to and, uh, and uh, listen to other people and be able to tell your your story without, uh, without any condemnation or, or, or you know, afterthoughts. And it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. But anyways, uh, I was in a lot of pain
As we were leaving, I was unchaining my bicycle, and uh, Pastor Fred asked me if I, how I was doing. And usually, I just tell people I'm doing fine. I don't want the, the empathy. I don't want uh, feeling sorry. I just my pride gets in the way. That's what it is. But I put that pride inside there for a minute, and I just looked at Pastor Fred, and I said, "You know what? I'm not doing good at all. I hurt. I hurt bad." So he uh, was standing a step above me, and he laid his hand on me and uh, just said one awesome prayer to the Lord. Uh, I, I, I could feel the Holy Spirit just swoop on me. Anyways, uh, I got up. We, we hugged and parted ways, and I got on my bicycle, and I live about uh, a seven-minute ride from here on my bicycle. And on my way home, I could feel the pain subside in my in my chest, and I could start inhaling. I could, I could breathe a little deeper, and I started sitting up a little straighter on my bicycle. By the time I got home, all the pain was That I know to be anointed, anyway. And uh, I believe Pastor Fred knew the people that God uses as a mysterious vessel to show his authority and his power. And uh, if that's what it's done for me, and it just brought me closer to God. And then having this experience today with you praying over me, it's, it's, it's just amazing. not funny that the enemy tries to use the word of God against the people of God. But we see it with Jesus when Jesus was tempted. Now when did Jesus get tempted? Remember it was late in his 40 day fast in the desert. He was hungry. He was tired. He was alone. And in swoops the enemy. When does he come to you? How many of you all have late night cravings when you know you should have just been in bed and instead you, you wolf it down? And then you go, well, I, don't, I don't understand what I don't understand why I'm overweight. I don't understand what's going on. You're succumbing to the pressure of the enemy in those moments of weakness. But we have a God who is stronger than the best efforts of the enemy. Like he begins at the top of the enemy. So the enemy's only got so much gain. And he tries to get us down through those things. And that's why this, this time of prayer today was so beautiful. Um, such an absolute, when I'm watching people coming out of rooms crying because of what God has just spoken to them. When I'm watching people come out and they're smiling from ear to ear because God gave them a revelation. When I'm watching the people who are praying coming out smiling because God was was so so present in these rooms, in these times of prayer, what a beautiful thing. And it's the way that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be in prayer always. It says pray without ceasing. What does that mean? And this is 
this is really where we're getting to today because all, all roads lead to somewhere. Do you know where yours is going? If I were to ask you what's, what's your goals in life, where do you want to get to? How many of you would have a goal outside of something material? I want to have my house paid off. I want to have this. I want to have that. I want to do this. Is that thinking first of the flesh? Or is that thinking first of the kingdom of God? The flesh. All roads lead to somewhere. Do you know where yours is going? Because if you're not looking ahead, if you're not praying to God and asking him for revelation in your life, and you're just walking down the road of the world, you're going to find yourself hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And what comes in at that point in time? The enemy comes in to rob, steal, cheat, and destroy. He doesn't give a rip, roar, and stinky do about you. He wants you to think that you are stuck with all the problems and all the things that you have going on. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he wants you to think that, well, I was born chubby. I'm always going to be chubby. That's all I'm ever going to be. <coughs> he wants you to think that, oh, I'm lame. I'm deaf. I'm dumb. I'm this. I'm that. I'm the other thing. We got some little ones right here that the world is going to try and get. We've got another younger man here that the world's going to try and get. And I say no. But if we don't have if we don't have a spiritual goal, if we're not going anywhere, then what are we doing? We're virtually sitting around waiting for the enemy to attack us and take us down the wrong road. Do you know what I'm saying? So all roads lead to somewhere. Do you know where yours is going? It's an important question. Do you care enough to figure it out? Honestly, because we've been going through this stuff for months. I'm not tired of it yet because God has set me apart to help his beloved. Who's his beloved? His son, Jesus. Yeah, you can each raise your hand because you are God's beloved. You are his sons and his daughters and you matter so much to him. Like, the lies, those lies that the enemy has been telling you, the ones that keep you down, the ones that, that keep you stuffed, the ones that don't allow you to believe in prayer, that don't allow you to walk in faith, those are the lies that are going to stop you from believing your beloved. And if you don't believe that you're the beloved, you're going to believe the lies. If you believe that you're the, his beloved, you're going to start walking things out a little bit differently. Your focus is going to change a little bit. You're going to start looking to see who God created you to be. You're going to be picking up the word of God daily because it means something to you. I'm stuck. I'm right in the same boat. I let the world get me so daggone busy that I can't even pick up the Bible some days. Well, pastor, you're supposed to. Absolutely I'm supposed to. Well, sometimes I get angry. Well, pastor, you're not supposed to get angry. Sometimes I get lonely and sometimes I get tired. 
And believe it or not, sometimes I get hungry. Oh, you didn't have to. <laughs> and so, we all, like, can we just get to the point where we recognize that we're in the same boat together? Like, we all have issues and we need each other. And praise God that we have teams like what came up today that are here to pray for us to help unlock the doors. To unlock the doors that Jesus Christ died that we could walk through the doors. Amen? Amen? How beautiful would that be to recognize, to realize that we've got a calling on our lives and God is right there to help us in and through it. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? But how many of us are actually doing it? To know is one thing, to do is another. We're not talking about skydiving. Anybody skydived before? No. Am I the only one in the room that's ever skydived? No. And when you're standing at 10 or 12,000 feet on the edge of an airplane, and it's time to jump out of the airplane, it's a pretty scary thing. It's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. I watched people all day that day. Jumping out of the airplane. Here they come down under their canopy. They just float right to the ground. Come right down and land. And it's beautiful. But when you're standing there or kneeling at the edge of the airplane and it's about your turn to go, it's a whole other thing. Well, beloved, we're standing at the edge of the at the edge. And it's time to jump in. It's time to turn onto the highway. You got to pick up speed and let's get up to speed and let's get going. Amen? Amen. Recognize what you're called to do and who you are so that you can do the very things that God is calling you to do. I'm going to pray and we'll get started. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, we thank you for your truth. And Lord, right now, I just pray for fresh revelation for each person that, Lord God, regardless of what comes out of my mouth, that they would hear your heart, that you would speak to each one as they need speaking to. Lord God, that you would reach, touch, and love each person. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we all say amen. amen. So the new life from Ephesians 4. <coughs> now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. See, because we're a spiritual being. We have the Spirit of God in us. While Jody testified that I might carry an anointing with me, what if I were to tell you that you each have that? That you each have the ability to pray for people and see people healed. But see, the world wants to tell you, well, you know, you prayed for that one guy and they still died. So you must not have it. Is that true? No. Absolutely. But if I call you to pray, will you pray for people? Mm -hmm. You see, we actually did our spiritual gifts testings a few weeks ago. 
And it's time that we actually start to explore those things. Because when you score high as an evangelist, and it's time to go out and actually preach the word of God, or to share the gospel message with people on the street, will you do it? Because <laughs> uh, we, we can all say, yeah, but I'll tell you what, the church in America is dying. <laughs> It's not, it's not growing as fast as its population is growing. So if we were at 10%, we're down to 7% or 6%. 43% of all Americans, I think it is, <coughs> consider themselves Christian. Well, that's darn near half. So why, why would the church be failing? If those who were called to be evangelists were evangelizing. Why is that? How about those of you who scored high on service? Who are you serving? Who are you serving? When you see, when you see a yard that needs raking, are we raking the yard? When we know the lady down the street Needs her walk shoveled, are we shoveling? Are we doing what we're called to do? There's a young man in here who's gotten the opportunity to help a few people out, me being one of them. He's got a servant's heart. He needs a little swift kick in the shorts once in a while to get going. But once he gets going, once you start, it, start the engine, it's hard to stop him. And I love hearing it because he's helping other people and he's he texts me, he's like, Pastor Fred, I got an opportunity to help these guys out. And my heart just explodes with immense joy because he's doing what God is calling him to do. Generosity. How many of you are generous? When your giftings show that you're generous, how many of you are being generous? Versus how many of us have said, well, I know I'm called and, I, and I'm generous, but I just don't have anything. Would you believe that you don't have anything? Or do you think that's an excuse from the enemy? Because he's going to use everything. If our God, the God that we serve, is the God who he says he is, then when are we called to be in lack? Right? We're not there. But we live as though... The spirit of this world, the dark spirit, runs and rules our lives. Instead of the spirit of truth and life, the spirit of abundance, the God of creation dwells in us. And therefore, what can he not restore as we give generously, as he calls us to give? And we do what he says he does, or what he says for us to do. When are we going to be in lack? But yet, we're so scared, we're frozen. We're frozen in this place. Hospitality. Those of you who scored a high on hospitality, how are you doing getting outside of your bubble and doing what God's calling you to do? So it doesn't do any good to have it if you don't use it. Right? Have a garage sale. See if you can't get a buck 280 for it. Right? Do something. There's a list of gifts that each one of us has one strong one. There's one stronger than the other. 
typically. There's usually three that are really, really quite high, maybe even similar. How are we doing utilizing those gifts? Because what's the word telling us? Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do. How do the Gentiles walk? What is a Gentile? A non-believer, right? Somebody who doesn't believe in God, somebody who doesn't have the Spirit of God in them. Because the Spirit of God in us can strengthen us to do amazing and incredible work, miraculous work, miracles, signs, and wonders. Do you see the difference between the Gentiles and the Christian? Those who profess to know Jesus Christ. So what's stopping us? All roads lead to somewhere. Does God give us a spirit of fear and timidity? Power and authority. Amen? Right? Are we getting that? Do we understand what that means? To have something in us that causes us to do something better than we could ever think that we're doing? You're driving a McLaren at 35 miles an hour in the 70 mile an hour lane. You're over in the left doing 35 in one of the fastest sports cars in the world. Why? Put the pedal down, honey. Let's roll. Let's slap some gears and let's get her done. Right? Let's get on down that highway to where God's got us going. Amen? Amen. Get there in style and quickly. But instead, we're living life as though we're on the back road, that long, curvy, windy road that's so bumpy and so full of potholes you can't do but 15 miles an hour. You ain't never going to get to Grandma's house. It'd have been faster to go over the river and through the woods. But we're just slow and we're coasting. We're not doing nothing. Why is that? What's it going to take, church? What is it going to take for us to wake up? Wake up! Hello! Each and every one of us has to wake up. You've been given a mission, a purpose. And my prayer is that today you receive something in those prayer rooms that's going to encourage you a little bit. Do what they told you to do. Listen to what they said. Because if you're not dead, then you're not done. I don't care. Ain't Danny deaf, dumb, or crazy? I don't care. Let's get it. You guys, we can do this. We can change Portage. We can change Columbia County. We can change Wisconsin. We can change our families, our households, the neighbors. By the power of God in us, if we'll get off our duffs and do something. Have you had your three days yet? Have you had your three days in the tomb? Are you done playing dead? Will you rise with Christ? 
Will you rise up with Jesus, that resurrected life, the one that calls up and says, see, the word of God was correct. All those prophecies were correct. And now here we are. We're on this side of the cross. We're in the glory zone over here with Jesus, the resurrected Lord, the Holy Spirit in us. And yet we still act like we're back here. Jesus came to fulfill the law. What's stopping you? What is stopping you from walking in the glory of the Lord? Because there is nothing, nothing like serving, like loving, showing God's compassion through prayer, through service works, through whatever it might be that God is calling you to do. But what is, what's stopping you? They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life, so they don't even get to see. If you don't know God, then you don't know the goodness of the Lord. You don't know what's possible is what they're saying. But you that have Jesus in you are given the light. What do you do in the light? You see what God is calling you to. You see what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. You see that all things are possible. There's a battle going on, beloved, and the enemy wants to keep you down. He wants you to be frozen. He wants you to keep thinking that you're nothing more than worthless. You are rags, you're not riches. That's what he wants to tell you. He wants you to tell you that you're the tail and not the head. But we know that's flipped. We're the head and not the tail. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. The light's been turned on. We know where we're going. Due to their hardness of heart, they've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. The world tells us that we got kids. We got kids that are struggling with pornography at a young age because of these cellular devices. It's easy to get in them. How are we loving our kids? What are we teaching them? Are we showing them the fullness of God's love on our lives? Because we got some little ones right here that I pray never have to see the things that we've seen. That they never have to be victimized by the things that this world is creating. That's Alice. Alice is a girl. That's Emmett. Emmett is a boy. Period. It's not a question mark. But yet we stand back and say, oh, well, I'd really hate to offend somebody. Maybe it's time we start. Maybe it's time we start. I don't think God's confused. God does not make mistakes. So while he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he's reminding them that that sensuality and those things of the world, that's not what you've been taught about Jesus. Like, you know better. You know better. I taught you myself. 
How many of you have sat in torn for over a year? You've been taught. We've walked through the gospel. We know the light's been turned on and it's time. 421, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Where are you going? All roads lead to somewhere. Do you know where yours is going? What are the things that you long for so deeply in your heart? What are they? What are the things that are just beating inside of you? When you think about it, they make your heart beat. Torn was put here to love the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely, the marginalized in this town. There's no reason that this place is not packed to the gills. There's no reason. Because I've sat here with you guys, and I know how much love is in this room. And that's what it's about. It's just giving the love. God will do the rest. God will take care of that. We break bread together. We read the word. We meditate. We sing. And God does the rest. Give him a chance. Would you give him a chance? And I'm not pumping it to put people in the seats here. I'm pumping them to put people in the kingdom of God. If they come here, great. If they come here once and they receive Jesus as their Savior, amen, hallelujah. We'll pray for you as you go. And to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewed. Made new. There's somewhere along this road that you're going, that you're traveling on, when you're running through this place, that you're going to see things like you've never seen. Have you ever driven down a road for years? And then one day you were the passenger. You're like, I have never seen, I have driven this road 150,000, and I had never seen that before. Right? All roads lead to somewhere. Do you know where yours is going? Because maybe it's time that Jesus takes the wheel. Maybe it's time that we give up all that control and all that stuff, all that longing and searching for what this world has to offer so that we can actually give it up to God. Let him drive us down the correct road so that we can see his glory and the vastness of his creation. We get so wrapped up in the things that this world's trying to tell us and it's not doing good. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, those of you who have been here for a while, you know we've talked about righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Amen? Amen. And so, if you already know that you are in right standing with God because of Jesus, then what are you doing? What is stopping you? Well, you know, Pastor, I don't quite do this right, and I don't quite do that right. What does God see? When he looks at you, what does he see? 
this child? But did you see his naughty little child? That little stinker? Oh, you little turkey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You're naughty. Oh. No. I'm such a naughty little boy. What am I going to do with you? <laughs> No, he looks at you and he sees his beautiful son or his beautiful daughter. So if God sees you as that beautiful son or daughter, then what is stopping you from doing what God is calling you to do? Where do you think the little lies come from that tell you because you're not perfect yet, you're not good enough yet? Where does that come from? The enema. Absolutely. That is not a line from our Lord. And yet, here we go, letting the enemy tell us what we can and cannot do. Why? Because we're lost. We ain't got a clue what highway we're on most of the time. Until it comes to, oh, Christmas, it's Four o'clock Saturday afternoon. I better, I better slap on some some underarm deodorant and and, and, and get to church quicker. You know, I got better get to bed. I got church in the morning. I don't care how you look. I don't even care how you smell. It doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when the beloved stop doing or never get started doing what God the Father has called us to do. That bothers me. It breaks my heart. Because if you guys stop and you don't get started, you're missing out on people. You're missing out on people. You're not the Savior. So you don't have to measure up. But, but Dad Bernie, tell somebody about them. Love somebody enough. Get outside of yourself enough so that you can tell somebody about the one who saved your life. How beautiful a thing to do that. Joshua 24, 15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. So maybe you don't see it as evil, but maybe you see the evil in you, the sinful stuff that you do, the wrongdoing, and it stops you from doing it, stops you from serving God. Why are you looking at that? If God doesn't see it, why are you seeing it? If God gives you a truth that's outside of what you tell yourself, that it's beyond and better and bigger than what you see yourself, why would you not trade that in? Why not trade up? Fear. Of what? Fear of what? Fear of failure? What about, what if I told you that half of us have a fear of succeeding? 
Because then what if I give God this much and all of a sudden he wants this much? I ain't, I ain't, no, I ain't doing that. There's fear of failure for sure, but there's also fear of succeeding as well. How many of you guys ever struggle with selfless love? Selfless love is tough. It's really, really tough. Because what happens if I give and 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 I never get nothing back? What happens? What happens if you receive and receive and receive and receive and receive and receive and never give? What did Jesus get in return for his death upon the cross? What's that? Majority. What majority? He got hell. Along the way, he got whipped and beaten. So bad that the flesh was ripped from his back. Can you imagine what that would feel like as your flesh is just torn from your body? And the blood is dripping. The blood is dripping from you where you're hanging on a cross. Your hands and your legs are pierced. And you sit there and you say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. But this is the gift that we received so that we don't have to do that. Some of the apostles were hung on a cross but remember the cross was a sinner's death. We don't have to be whipped and beaten. But perhaps our pride might take a little lumping, a little thumping. Is that a bad thing? Absolutely, Alice. It's definitely not a bad thing. Not out of a little girl. Not as a baby. Four-year-old. Four-year-old who knows that. Anybody in here older than four that knows that as well? Beloved. Those right here. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The highway that God put me on, the road that God put me on, is a road of selfless love. It's not a road of self-serving. It's a road of self-sacrifice. It's a road of humility. 
throne of grace, throne of love. And it is one of the most difficult roads I've ever been on in my life. Because I suck at it some days. Just straight up suck at it. Awful. To the point I'm almost ashamed. But I get up each day and I try again the best that I can do. And I ask God for his strength. And I ask God for his power. And I ask God to renew my vision, to renew my mind so that I might not think of the way of the world, that I might not dwell on my failings, that all the times that I let him down. And I try and remember that in his eyes, I'm perfect. I'm good. He loves me. He loves me. And I don't have to beat myself up continuously over and over and over again. I don't have to be afraid to hit the accelerator and get gone. What is it, beloved, that's dragging you down? What is it that's not allowing you to get on the right road? <coughs> Because I guarantee you put on that righteousness, that blinker of righteousness, and you, you merge into traffic, they're going to make a lane for you. They're going to make a spot for you. You're going to be able to get on the right road and get hauling. Whatever road that is that God's got you on, you took the test. Read it. Look at it. We have the answer key that tells you what those gifts are. You all received it. If you didn't, we got more. We're going to start building teams so that we can actually start working to transform this community. Terry, when you come back, you might not even recognize your husband. I hope not. He's going to be a freak show for Jesus. Amen. <laughs> be with you. I'll be a freak show for Jesus with you. You're gonna. You got a lot of good stuff in you, young man. You ain't done yet, so quit trying to be done. It's time to giddy up. It's time to giddy up. That's for all of us. Craig, can I share something? Yeah. So, um, two or four years ago, we um, went on a big project. It was called Hands of Hope, and we wanted to reach out to the community and do free service work. So. Part of our missions team, we had to go volunteer to walk around downtown and tell people about what we were going to do and get people to sign up, give them the information, call here, call there. Not everybody gets raised. <laughs> it was like a divorce. I was, I didn't have patience, very little grace, and I just sat there really quiet and was like, yeah, okay, Brenda, and um, Jeff, you know Brenda, and it's like, excuse me? <laughs> I didn't volunteer. <laughs> so, long story short, got out there. This is, you made me think of this because I wanted to share this for this reason. Um, I failed miserably. I did. I lost my cool with someone because they started bad-mouthing the church. Oh, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, Anyways, that's not really important, but I failed. I had to walk out because I was going to get married. Trying to handle it beautifully. Ah! 
And then I was a mess, you know, because now I'm like, big deal, you know, rumors go around. You know, I don't want to get back to my teenage, you know, so now I got to go back and tell my team I messed up, right? Like, I failed, guys. You sent me out there <laughs> to be faithful, represent our church, and I'm so sorry I failed. And you know what they did? They, they laughed because everyone had a story to share. It's not an easy thing to go around and, and tell people about what your church wants to do for you because they've all had bad experiences. <laughs> you know, every single person you talk to, oh, what, what church are you from? Or, well, when I was there, you, you hear stories, you hear, and you just listen. And, but the greatest thing was getting back and having my team build me back up again. It's okay, Deb, if you, you know, just like, get in this guy made a joke out of it. Like, it's okay. And Brenda and I went back and put a flower on her door the next day. She didn't want to come down. But when we drove by an hour later, it was gone. And we apologized to her because they helped me see that that would be the best thing to make amends. And so, yeah, that's my, that was my lesson from it was even if you do fail, come back and tell us about it because you'll learn from it. Because... let my stuff get in the way of what was really important when it wasn't and everybody told me it was okay what it, it was okay that I messed it was a good learning experience is it okay right come back and tell absolutely me. Oh, you're gonna make mistakes yeah. <laughs> you're gonna make mistakes it's worth but, it but it's part of it it's part of it if you allow fear if you allow fear to dictate your footsteps you will never even try. I tell you what, I'm going to spend my life swinging for the fence. Swing, batter, batter, batter. Here I come, throw the pitches, whatever. I'm going to strike out from time to time. I'm going to, I'm going to go, whatever. But I'm swinging for the fence because I believe what God has done in each time. Each time it builds character in me. Mm -hmm. But at the end of my life, when I get done with this thing called life, the only thing that I want is for people to say, you know what, Fred, he loved God and he loved his neighbor. That's it. You don't need to do anything else for me. You don't need to say nice words. I don't care. I just want you to know that you're loved and that I love God. Well, there's a whole world out here, beloved, that need you to talk to them. They need you to share. And torn, we're going to be part of that. That's our mission. We have a vision. We have a mission. And it is big. It is big. And it can only be done through God, through his saints. Amen. So what road are you on? All roads lead to somewhere. Do you know where yours is going? Because if you're not listening to God when he's calling you to something, my question is, do you have God in you? Because you won't be able to deny that call forever. I tried. I ran like the wind for two years. Smoking and drinking and carrying on like a dagger and a fool. I'm 
My Lord, you are out your ever-loving mind. There is no way that I'm going to be a pastor. I got to confront my first pastor last night again, the one who told me almost every week that I was stupid, that I wasn't good enough, and I'd never be a good pastor. A lot of thoughts run through your head, and I could have failed. But with the help of my wife, with the help of a good friend, I didn't have to. I didn't have to go to that negative space. I wanted to. Because I'd like to remind him every day. You know, if I could just be there at his front door and say, hey, you're doing great, thanks. Thanks a lot. But God is better than all that. I truly have forgiven them. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And they actually might have motivated me to do better than I ever would have done. So I just want to encourage you, if I could get somebody to shut off the uh, the recording, please. I'm nobody. <laughs> Do you not have fingerprints? <laughs>